Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We have to go play one week at a time. I think, you, as you see, um, you know, the games in the past six weeks or seven weeks that, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams can come beat a lot of different people. So, um, it's it's important that we focus our, all of our attention on Dallas this week, and then we'll worry about Baltimore the next week, and the Chargers, and so on and so forth. So, um, but yeah, these you know we're getting ready to play some really good football teams, and uh, for us to to you know prove prove where we are that uh, this stretch will be important. He is the head football coach of the Minnesota Football Vikings, Mike Zimmer. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And it's Alex Boone Tuesday, everybody. Get pumped up. Our football-loving friend, 10-year NFL veteran. Yes, he played in a Super Bowl, something that we've never seen the Vikings do in our lifetimes. That's what we We just want the Vikings one time, just win a Super Bowl before we die. Alex, you like football. I love it. Heard about it. How much do you like football? I mean, I love football. Quite a bit. Quite, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Okay. Mm. I, I, you think you like football? Brad Childress doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. I did watch him. I was standing right behind him when he was warming up and saw him kind of reach for his groin and, you know, hold it and whatever you do with the groin, rub it what I think I witnessed. Um, tw- it twinged a little bit on him. Football! Football! Yeah! 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 Got to eat! That is the most football thing I've ever heard. <laughs> He's grabbing it, it, tweaked back a little bit, gave him some resistance. I don't know, guys. A little twinge. A twinge. A twinge. A twinge. <laughs> Just a twinge. Have you it's ever a watched a man grab his groin, though? And watch the twinge, uh, like your own groin might twinge. Hey, you I know, can... I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I've done more than grab a guy's groin. Yeah, watch the twinge. <laughs> oh my okay? god, I, I've been in some piles. There's some things that we've had to do. Oh, you, so oh, it's no. true. Like I, I, there like, were things we had to do to survive. Times were different. It wasn't all this politically correct nonsense. I've heard just the like the worst possible things that you can think happen underneath a pile when there's a loose ball. Like that is actually true. Like the worst possible things. Dude, it's. I mean, you can't prepare yourself, but the first time you're in one and guys are laughing and you're not, it's it, it'll change your life, man. It'll make you rethink a lot of guys and, like, what you thought about them before. Like, there were guys – I'm going to tell you right now, and I always talk about this guy, London Fletcher. 
I'm going to tell you right now, you want to talk about a wolf in sheep's clothing. This guy was like the nicest guy I ever met in my life. Like he met my mom and he was like, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. How are you, ma'am? And I was like, oh, this guy is like showing me up. <laughs> and we ended up playing each other on Monday Night Football. And I, the reason I knew London was because I worked out with him in high school when he played for the Redskins. And so we had known each other a while. And so he came up to me and he was like, man, I'm so proud to see you here. Like I remember working out with you and what you did and all this stuff. I'm like, London, it is just such an honor to be out here with you. Like I'm just so excited. He's like, yeah, man, let's get it today. Let's have some fun. Like just like that. Like you would have thought The Rock was saying it. Like let's just go out. Let's have some fun. Let's <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let me tell you something. He hit me with the top rope on play one. I go out to, I go up to block him on a wide zone, and I'm like, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm just going to grab him, kind of hold him. I get up there. He cut me, and I, I he was, like, in my face, like, don't you think this is going to be one of those games? I'm not that guy. And I'm like, dude, what just happened? I'm like, London, what just happened? He was like, no, nah, dude, not out here. Out there, we're friends. In here, we're not friends. And I was like. And he would catch you on the bottom of a pile. He'd grab your lips. He'd pull your nose. He'd gouge your eyes. I mean, there were so many guys. I had to get a face mask, like an eye shield, because, you know, you do it to so many people. Eventually, word travels. Like, if you're on the bottom of a pile with this guy, he's going to come for you. And people would just gouge. And, you know, my tackle at the time, he would just reiterate things all the time. He'd hit guys just constantly. Close to the pile, you were getting laid out by him. So people always had it out against us. And it was one of those things that was like, after a while, you just have to embrace it. Because what can you do other than enjoy somebody trying to gouge your eyeball out in the middle of Monday Night Football? You're like, yes, this is as a kid. This is what I wanted my whole life, and it's happening to me. Yes. Well, wait, but are we talking about pulling noses and gouging eyes or grabbing different parts? Because I would think that that would be the one great fear is you're going to get that grabbed, and it would hurt like hell. Well, I mean, you know when you're grabbing someone's face as to someone's thigh. I mean, you're not an idiot. You know, you're looking for the face mask, and you're like, okay, I'm in. What am I grabbing? There's no like, confusion oh. there. Right, no. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I thought that was your hamstring. I'm there sorry, was buddy. one time. True story. You can look this up. We played the Chiefs one time, and, and Anthony Davis claimed that somebody grabbed his schwanz, and he was like, he was so uncontrollable for like five minutes. Like, he was trying to kill everybody. It was like. Maybe somebody really did grab him. Like, guys, I think we should probably tone it down on what we're grabbing out there. You know what I mean? Like, you, you start to – somebody, you grab somebody. Dude, you better know what you grab. Dude, what is – what's the least proud you've ever been coming out of a fumble pile? Where you're just like – you're just a little ashamed. You're a little oh. – like, you wonder that, that you know, there might be an investigation. I, somebody fish hooked me so hard one time, I didn't think I could talk the rest of the game. Like, they were, they were clearly on the opposite side of the pile pulling my face all the way across. And I was like, when I find out who this is, they're dead. I mean, like, like, like a finger in the mouth? Yeah, kind of and you're, like, trying to bite the finger, and they're just pulling. And you're like, you know what? I, I'm trying to turn on the bottom of this pile or else I'm just going to get a neck oh snap. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever I got to do to win this game. Dude, that is. Uh, I know. I mean, we've always kind of wondered. We've. We, I, I always kind of assume. Like, listen. Like, get. If you know, it's week fifteen. You know, you get the playoffs are on the line. Jobs are on the line. Like, I'm. I'm grabbing another guy's. Listen, I'll do what I got to do. I'll grab what I need to grab. All right. It's. It's my family that we're talking about. What do you need me to grab, Coach? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Just, just it's let their family oh. too. That's the problem. <laughs> you might end their chance to have a family right in that you, pile. You, you grab it that hard, you got problems. You're getting, you're getting beat up. You're getting your ass beat. Oh, man. Well, uh, if you guys are watching us on a TCL TV, you know, don't get too grabby, but you should grab that TCL remote and flip it over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to Purple Daily. TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. And I want to I start us off here. <laughs> With 
I was texting with Alex like an hour ago before the show, and I, th- I think we're on the same page here, but I'd love to get a player's perspective oh. on how I view not only Sunday against the Cowboys, but the next four weeks. So the Vikings are two and, uh, three and three. They've got the Cowboys, one of the best teams in the NFL. They've got the Ravens, one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, Chargers, that offense is ridiculous. And then the Packers obviously have been to the uh, conference championship two years in a row. And I hear a lot of Vikings fans, a lot of Vikings fans, sort of rationalizing, well, all right, these next four games, all right, so if you can, uh, if you can go two and two, then you can be five and five, and then you can, you know, so now you're, you can keep your season alive, and then, you know, maybe if you can then go, like, two and one over the next three games, and, like, it's, and like they're doing the math to get to nine and eight, yeah. or doing the math to get to, like, ten and seven. And I'm sitting here thinking, all right, um, if your goal is to win nine games and just sneak into the playoffs every year, which is basically like the last 40 years of this franchise, and then maybe win a first-round game and then get smoked on the road in the second round, cool. Go 2-2 two and two over your next two games and, uh, and, and find your way to nine wins. And I'm sitting here saying it's been 60 years since this team has never won a Super Bowl. 60 years. Go 3-1. and one. Go 4-0. Oh. If if look at the offense, three wide receivers, Kirk Cousins playing the best football of his life, Dalvin Cook, offensive line's better. You got Christian Derrissaw. I know Patrick Peterson's out, but you got Pro Bowlers up and down the defense. Your roster's never going to be perfect. The teams you're facing have injury issues and imperfections. Why are we talking about two and two if the expectations are Super Bowl for this franchise? That's what I want to know. Well, that's the thing that always is like. You know, we always kind of claim that we don't hear what's being said outside. We're not idiots. You know, you, you go into the locker room and the coach throws a huge booklet on your whatever you call that, your your locker of like why the offense sucks and it's the old line's fault. You know, we're constantly seeing things. And then, you know, you read something like, well, if they just go two and two and you're like instantly you've taken all the credibility out of my sales. Like you stand nowhere in my book because as a player and as one of the tougher players that was always a fan of like, Listen, no matter how bad the deficit, no matter what kind of plays they're calling, like there's always a way to win if you just follow the game plan. And to me, when you look at that, people go, well, you know, you could squeak into the playoffs. You know, obviously these teams have already set themselves ahead. Like the Vikings' biggest problem is that they belong at the top. They're just not there. And a lot of it is because of little things that have happened. But then all of a sudden people start making these excuses like, well, they're going to play a really good team. Well, this is a really good team. As a matter of fact, every team in the NFL should be a really good team. And if they're not, it's their own fault. And at some point they have to wake up and go, listen, guys. We need to take massive steps. And people sometimes argue with me about this, like, oh, well, why get rid of a good coach who keeps continuously getting you into the playoffs? That doesn't really mean a lot because there's always a lot of crappy teams in the NFL. I mean, the NFC East is always good for at least three of them. So you're guaranteed that those three are going to be at the bottom. So then all of a sudden you're like, well, hell, getting into the playoffs doesn't look so hard after all, does it? Like this is a thing that after a while, if you don't start taking steps and start realizing your potential and start saying, hey, instead of squeaking into the playoffs, why don't we go kick someone in the face with Dalvin and then we'll just go right over top with the rest of the guys. And then we'll just let our defense go out there and feast. It's like, to me, you were like, hey, you know what? They might not go 4-0, but if they go 2-2, two and two, we could still hang on to hope. Like, it's them hanging on to this hope instead of saying, no, you should go out in the next four games. All those teams are beatable. They've all just lost. The Ravens got schmoed by the Bengals, which, by the way, you're welcome. Called it Sunday morning because, dude, the Bengals look just confident. And to me, that's what this team lacks. It's the confidence to go out there and be like, listen, this is really who we are. 
the more I look at that Panthers game, the more I get nervous because I don't really think the Panthers are anywhere near what we thought they were. Like they started out the season really, really hot. And we're like, man, these guys look good. It was all Christian McCaffrey. Nobody really knew what to do with them. And now all of a sudden they're not this team. And now people are kind of like, wait a minute. All these close games that they've been playing with everybody, are those teams as good as they are? Like, it's just such an up-and-down league when it should be like, listen, instead of trying to cater to all these other teams, let's just do what we do. I can guarantee you Tom Brady's not in the offense right now going, hey, uh, this team's really good at pass defense, so we're not going to pass the ball this week, guys. <laughs> yes. We're just not, okay? Why? Because they're good. They're, somebody said, who never played football, some guy who's been writing for 40 years told me they're good, so we're going to stop. Yeah. Like, you go into those games and you say, okay, listen, this is what makes them good at a pass defense. They get pressure. They suffocate the back end. The linebackers are great in coverage, so they just add on to this wealth of, hey, we can play nickel the whole game because we can run stop out of nickel, and if we can have linebackers that cover, well, then we can play nickel out of nickel too. So it's like then they go, okay, this is what we're good at. Let's do this to improve our odds. And to me, it's like the Vikings have so many things that they can do. They're just not doing them. And one of them is sticking a foot in someone's ass up front. Because when you have Dalvin Cook and you have Alexander Madison and you have a guy like Kirk Cousins, who you and I were talking about before, when he is under duress, he's not as good as when he's not. Like there are a lot of quarterbacks like that in this league. It's just their old line is smart enough to go, hey, let's not make ourselves look crappy this week. Let's go out and put up a fighting chance. Let's give this guy a little bit more than two seconds to get rid of the ball. And maybe, just maybe, we'll hit some really sweet throws and this defense will crumble in front of us. So you, you just talked about what I spent the bye week thinking long and hard about Booney. I spent the bye week not grinding film, but mentally doing reps on what I've seen in the first six games. I agree. The more I look at and think about the personnel that the Vikings put on the field, it's very competitive to downright damn good. I think the first, I think the majority of the failures that we saw in those first six games are more coaching than players. Um, And if they don't come back now and say, okay, number one is we might have to win games in shootouts. Kirk's playing great. We've got receivers. In fact, you brought up the perfect team, I think, the Bengals. What are the Bengals doing now? They're trusting Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They have a run game, but we don't think of it as, oh, my God, it's Joe Mixon, and then, oh, Jamar Chase gets the ball occasionally. It's basically, Joe, we trust you. You're going to make some mistakes, but we trust you. So Jamar Chase is a star. Um, I really think the first six games, if you break them down, I find more fault with coaching on the Vikings than anything else, including players. I agree. And I think the one thing is, and we've said this before, and I say this all the time, and people don't understand me when I say this, but I say that sometimes you have to tame the beast, not cage the beast. In Minnesota, it seemed like those first six games, they were trying to cage the offense. We're going to play defensive football. We'll walk out of here with a win. And who cares what it looks like? As opposed to saying, hey, Kirk, you're probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. When we just let you do you and give you a little bit of time, why don't we just do that? Like you look at this last game against the Bengals and the Ravens and you talk about like the confidence that this team has. And you just brought it up. Like they trust Joe to go out and do it. He threw an interception in that game that he probably should not have thrown, but that is the confidence that he has in Jamar chase to be like, you know what? I'll put this ball anywhere I want. You'll catch it. Cause I trust you. And the offensive coordinator is like, you know what? Mistakes happen. That's okay. But if we don't let you go out there and try a couple mistakes, well then you'll always be wondering what if, and not only that, but you'll never grow because we're, you can only learn so much by somebody beating the information into you. Don't throw this ball because, look, if they go cover two, you're not going to see him, but he's going to be there. Well, guess what? You don't learn until you throw it, and then you're like, you know what? 
never throw that damn ball again, right? Like, that's as part of the offensive line. And to me, it looks like they're having so much fun. Like, everything about them. And it all starts with Joe. And it could be the same thing here. Like, I'm going to say something really radical. And maybe it's not as radical as it would have been a year ago. But I feel like maybe Kirk could be more of the rock for this team than people think he could be. If they were to just let him unleash and be more Kirk-like and say, hey, man, listen, let's just fast throws. Let's get things out quick to the sideline. And when we get our chance, we're taking J.J. deep. And we're going to let him cook everybody. And you know what, Kirk? Have fun. Just throw the damn ball. Like, and, and, dude, so, if, and if you throw a pick, who cares? Right. It's okay because you know what? We got a really good defense. And, yeah, we lost Patrick Peterson, and that might actually hurt us a little bit. But there are guys out here that can make up for that. Hey, we need more pressure. Got it. We will get more pressure this week. Like, there's ways around that. But to me, it's just this, these coaches saying, hey, let's just go out and do what we know we will win, and we'll let the defense figure out the rest. That's not smart. Yeah. And the, the, so, and God, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, too. I mean, it, it was such a big deal when Zimmer and Kirk came out like a month and a half ago and said, hey, like, look at us. We're, we're spending 45 minutes together now every week on Thursdays. We're watching film together for the first time. And all of us were like, wait a second, what? You guys have been here for three years together, and this is like the first time you've watched film together on a regular basis. I'm guessing Sean McVay probably isn't ignoring Matt Stafford in Los Angeles for you know the first six months. And so I do wonder, and I have been right there with Judd too. Like I have been Kirk's harshest critic for the last three years. Just like he, he's not great under duress, and until this year, he hasn't been great late in games when the opposing team knows he has to pass. He's not mobile enough. He like he's. He's just he hasn't risen up to the contract and the expectations. That said, I'm curious if you were to either play out the last three or four years differently, or at some point in the next two or three years, when Kirk's still in his prime, if he had an all in offensive minded, but not just like an offensive mad scientist coordinator, but like a real leader and a guy like a John Harbaugh. He's a special teams guy, but like John Harbaugh's a real leader, right? Um, I want to see someone empower Kirk and see what that looks like. And say, listen, man, all of this is going to be to make you the best possible central figure for this team. We're going to spend five hours a week together if we need to, and and we're just going to go all in on Kirk. He's never had that. He's really never had that with the Vikings, Alex. So you're saying that you want to see it, or I'm, you're... I'm I'm saying I'm curious to see what his career would look like, whether it's here or somewhere else, with an all in offensive minded coach that that sits down with him more often than Zimmer has. I feel like he may have already had that, though. Didn't he have that already in, like, Washington? Well, he had Jay Gruden and, and Sean and McVay. Yeah. He didn't have the people, probably the pieces around him, that he would have made him great like he does. I mean, like, dude, when you talk about these guys here, and even – and I keep forgetting about this guy, but I'm like, I watch the film, and he just shows up sporadically, and you're like, that's salt called clutch. It's D.D. Westbrook. Like, you talk about this receiving core and what they have and then and what they have in the backfield. Like, at some point, Kirk has to understand, too, that defensive-minded coaches are just different. They don't, for whatever reason, they don't think offensive people are very special. Like, they're just like, whatever, offensive guys, whatever. Like, so you have to know going in that, like, when I signed here, it was like, listen, this is a defensive-minded coach. The chance of him actually talking to you is probably zero. They want nothing to do with offensive players. That's just how it is. And so when, like, I get that people are like, wow, you guys never sat down and talked. Like, that was a little strange. The fact that they didn't talk at all probably was a little weird. But at the same time, it's like, if you empower him in order to do that, are you willing to get rid of Zimmer? Like, I feel like people here are kind of up and down about it because at the same time, and it always goes back to this fight of like, he's good enough to get you into the playoffs, but is it him or is it the personnel that fails you in the playoffs? You know what I'm saying? And so at some point it's like, 
I probably, if I was the GM, I probably wouldn't have re-signed Kirk, and I'd have been like, listen, I'm going to take my chances mm-hmm. going against somebody young, somebody wild, somebody crazy, somebody that can move around in the pocket and make things happen because I have these guys on the outside. I don't have what I need in the interior. Sometimes it's hard finding O-linemen that actually gel together. We see it all the time. Like every week there's always O-lines that are just falling apart. But I probably would have went for something younger a while back. But I don't know that that was the right decision. Like I see what he's doing now, and I see him wanting to bust out and break out and be like, dude, I can be so much more if you just let me. And it's like it's always these – defensive guys they're like run the ball win with defense and you just it's such a caged mindset when you think like that and it drives me nuts as an offensive lineman especially because you're like dude we have so many guys out here that if we just throw five more smoke screens we could have a hundred more yards in the pass game if we were to throw a couple more bubbles maybe some swings like you're like dude it's just so stuff they're like no no you hand that ball off and you let my defense win and you're like okay but to your point that that doesn't work now though like i'm not there was a time where, where that was football. That does not work now to just be that. If you can't coach an entire team, I, I don't think it's acceptable now, um, especially in a league where the where they continually pass rules to emphasize what? Offense. Oh, yeah, all the time. So, sure. but, but, I mean, Mike's, Mike's fundamental principles, as you're talking about them to me, are no longer acceptable because they're not maximized. I mean, quarterback is arguably the most important position in sports. Yeah. In sports. And if you're going to say, well, my quarterback, yeah, you just hand off and you'll be fine. And you're paying him as much as they're paying Kirk. And by the way, Kirk is playing as well as Kirk is paying now. That's not like an acceptable day at work. Right. If I'm, if I own your team or I'm the GM, I'm calling you in and saying, hold on a second here. We've got an offense that has Jefferson, that has Thielen, that has Osborne, that has Westbrook, that has Cook, um, that has all of these skill position players. And you are like, well, yeah, all we want to do is pound the rock to get the defense. I, no. Like, right. I, hey, you're fired. To, to what Judge just said, too, is a good segue nerds! here. Nerds! Nerds! Nerd stat of the week here. All right. I brought this up to these guys last week, but I want to get your thoughts on it, too, Alex. So yeah. this week in the NFL, there were six blowout games that resulted in a three-touchdown margin or more. So, like, Bengals-Ravens was a blowout. Uh, the the Cardinals beat the Cardinals. Texans. It's the first Oof. ever thirty-one to five game in NFL history. Very Whoa. exciting. Congratulations, uh, Texans! So six games that ended in in a three touchdown margin or more. Over the last twenty-seven games, the Vikings have only taken one twenty-point lead, and it was against the Lions at home last year. Yep. So, like, and some of that's you know the defense was bad last year, so it's harder to get a, a wider lead, but. It's not like the Bengals have a shutdown defense, and, and if they if they if they can blow a team out once in a while, and does it to us? It feels like there's just the way that the way that Zimmer sort of pulls the reins back, and the way that they approach offensive football, even in situations where they're inside the five yard line and kicking field goals twice against Carolina, I know, I know. like everything feels like a gravitational pull toward a close game, as opposed to hey, we have a chance to open this up by four touchdowns. Let's step on their throats. It doesn't feel that they do that here. Here's my rebuttal, and I want you guys to think because this is more of a question for you. And I've been in this situation where, like you said, you're inside the five, you kick a field goal, and you're like, I walk off the field, and I want to throw my helmet at the head coach's face. But I get why he does it. Because, number one, truly, and this is the hardest thing to realize in the NFL, is that sometimes the coach is telling you exactly how he feels about you by what he's doing in the game. I'm not confident that you idiots can get me a touchdown, and we're inside the five. So I need to take these points. Because if I do go for it, 
and we don't get it, and they drive down and score, and we lose, guess who's getting fired on the plane ride home? Not you, me. And that's why you fall back into these conservatives. And that's why I always, like, this whole year, I feel like I've always been pointing at the Bengals because it always just looks like they're a different team. They don't have this stupid, insane, talented defense. They have some guys on offense that make it work, but they just play at a different level because it looks to me like they don't care what people think. Listen, Mm -hmm. we're the Bengals. We can't get any worse than we've ever been, so let's just go out and have some fun. But you have a team that doesn't have as much talent but gels together and is like, hey, listen, we just shut down one of the top offenses in the NFL, and our offense went out there and put up 41 points on their defense after they had just got to Sean Elliott back, and they were feeling really good about themselves after that Chargers game, weren't they? They were walking around like, yo, we can do this. No, you can't. The confidence in this level, in this league, is so important. And when you have it, there is not one thing a team can do that can take it away from you because they were trying to get to Joe Burrow as much as they could, and they couldn't. And that's one of the things that, like, One of the knocks I do have on Kirk is that at times I don't feel like he is tough enough. And I say that as an offensive lineman, and you have to follow me because I know when they're hurt. I just – the way they stand, the way they look up, the way that you can tell that they're pissed, the way that they're like, I just can't do this. And you're like, yeah, I get it. Like there are quarterbacks that in this league are taking these hits and they're just getting up. And I know a lot of them are young, but that's just the name of this game. And a lot like Houston's quarterback, that that poor kid's getting just shellacked. And he gets up every time. Joe Burrow against the Packers got murdered and got up three plays later back in the game. Like it's like that's what they're feeding off of. And to me, Kirk could do that, but at some point it's like you're not who you're not. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't just change overnight and I can't mm-hmm. be like take a hit and get up like, okay, guys, great. That was awesome. Like as an offensive lineman, I'd be like, what the hell just happened to him? You know, like, but at some point you have to be like, listen, I'm going to fight through all this. And and that's why these teams are playing so well. Cause a lot of these teams are playing well. You're looking at them like, well, where the hell are they getting all this from? What is going on with these guys? Oh, yeah. they're just playing like one team. That's it. You want to talk about toughness. How about a guy that's lost like 15 pounds in three weeks? Let's hear from skinny Judd Zolgad right now. <laughs> that is, that's exactly right. With the help of my friends from Olivia Weight Control Centers down. Phil said it. Almost 15 pounds in three weeks. Weigh-in number four comes up on Thursday, and I'm confident the weight continues to peel off. In fact, Booney, you can probably see my chin a little bit thinner. Face is thinning down. Come on. Come it's on. Tell good. me. It looks great. It looks great. Tell me. A little shave needed. There's no shave needed. I think I look good. It's Old man shaving beard. in football. Exactly right. <laughs> I'm feeling great. And and with the birthday 52 around the corner, the most important thing, I'm healthier. Now it's your turn. Join now. Get your first 10 weeks for free. That's right. First 10 weeks for free. A limited time offer that ends soon. Visit Livia.com or call 855-GO-LIVIA. That's 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. Join me on a weight loss journey that's going to have you feeling and looking better. And most important, my clothes fit a lot better than they did a month ago. Also a shout out to Moon Motorsports in Monticello, one of our partners here on Purple Daily. Uh, It's just off 94 in Monticello, about 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities. And they have more major power sports brands under one roof than any other dealer in the region. And uh, BMW is one of the big brands they have under their roof. And new from BMW is the family of R18 Heritage Cruisers. Models range from naked cruisers. Judd, your ears are perking up here. Naked cruisers. Well, I'm looking good now. Why not? All the way to full-dressed oh tourers. Hold on a second. The engine is distinct with its huge 1800cc boxer motor. That's right. I want Judd to translate this after the show is over. 
Um, you can Taking find my clothes off. You no. can you can <laughs> you can find the most major power sports brands, including the new selection of BMWs, at Moon Motorsports and MoonMotorsports.com. All right, Football. it's time now. <laughs> Declan's no yeah. was outstanding. No, no, yes. no. no, just no. Don't do that. Don't do that. It is time now for Declan Goff to get, get fired away. up about football, where Declan brings a football take to Alex Boone. The floor is yours, Declan. All right, Booney. So here's what I want to know. I want to know. You know, going into this week, the Vikings offensive line, okay, they have the most holding penalties in the NFL this season. 17. Really? 17 holding penalties for the Vikings offensive line. Mm. Now, I've always heard through people, if, if you look long enough, you can find holding on nearly every play if you look really long enough. Yeah. But h- how much is that? The offensive line neither not doing their job is that Kirk holding on to the ball too long. Basically, how do you as an offensive lineman clean up and not get called for holding when you can almost find it on every play? All right, I'm going to be real honest with you. There's two things you do. Number one, you never hold front side on a run play. That's just dumb. Now, sometimes it happens like your hand gets stuck in this padding. Like sometimes you see like their handle gets stuck like in the padding, yeah. and they they try to pull it oh. out. Guy, right, and that's another thing. And Let me Garrett tell you Bradbury. something. I see a lot of this. Like, oh, guys, like as soon as they throw an arm out, you have to let them go because the ref is he doesn't have time to distinguish who's being held or not. He just sees an arm coming out with the shoulder pad being pulled this way, instantly flag. Right, so you never hold play side. But number two, I'm going to tell you, you got to stop just grabbing people like there's so many times i watch this film and i'm like listen man you got to use your hands you got to run your feet like a lot of it is these guys just don't understand that when you hit somebody you're gonna naturally slow down but that's when you have to teach yourself to speed up right and you got to figure out like you know where the ball's going you're not an idiot i'm gonna we're gonna go wide zone to the right we've run it five times already there's probably a good chance this ball is gonna cut back because every time the linebackers have been flowing really fast Right. So I'm not going to go run out there, get all discombobulated and then just like fall down while I try and pull. I'm like, that's another thing. I feel like a lot of this becomes more mental and guys don't think as much as they used to. It's more like, well, I'm just because they teach you now, like you just run your track, just run your track. And you're like, well, then what? Well, just run your track. You'll find somebody. And it's like, well, no, at some point you have to teach me, like, where am I going? We used to be all the time. Like everybody had to know everything. And so you'd have to know when the motion was coming back, the linebackers were going to come back, which probably meant they weren't going to flow as fast because they have somebody down there now. So all of a sudden, all these linebackers that were going to run, they're not going to run anymore. Like there's so many times I see offensive linemen now that just do things are so dumb. Like guards on zones now, they feel like they can't reach these three techniques. So now what do they do? They try to get deeper. And as they go to get deeper, all of a sudden they get pried open. And as they get pried open, you can't just let that guy pry you open and run to the running back. So they grab him. I see that constantly instead of just, hey, snap counts on one. As soon as I hear that H and HUD, my ass is off the line and I'm gone. And whatever I hit, I'm grabbing and I'm taking it to the ground. Like It's just kind of like sloppy ball. And to me, it can be easily fixed. You just have to keep working on it. What's the – how do you hold – like what's the acceptable way of holding? Uh, Where it's like everyone would kind of – all right, all right. Tight. You, uh, tight, like in like – You got to be real tight. I mean, yeah. if, if there are times where you can get away with it like – but guys now are so smart, and I keep saying this because you see it every week. Somebody will just hold an arm out. And if you see an arm sticking out with a pile, you have to think someone's probably holding you back, right? Like, why is that guy not making the tackle? So it's going to get flagged. But at the same time, like, guys, like I said, have been taking too deep sets. 
They're not on the same plane. Like, it's just sloppy, sloppy O-line football. And it looks like guys that probably didn't work hard enough in camp that are now coming into the season. And it is such a defensive line favorite game. Like, they D-linemen tee off on O-linemen all the time. It just happens constantly. And the better of offensive line you can be, the more we work on these sets, the more we work on these twists. Like, we used to line up for 20 minutes a day, and we would just work the most random twists. And it sucked. And I hated it because you would have guys, things that just didn't even make sense. Two guys in one gap, and you'd be like, we're not going to do this. And then the coach would be like, well, how do you know? You'd be like, well, because that's not gap sound. Well, who said they have to be gap sound? Like, there's so many things you don't think about. You're like, well, I guess you're right. They could mess this up, and he could run here. What do I do? Well, what do you do? Well, I would take both of them. Okay, well, there's your answer. Like, you work it out through practicing it, through understanding it, and being like, well, I guess guys do make mistakes, and we have to be alert if they do. To me, these lines just aren't practicing. They're not practicing together because they're all on different levels. They're constantly being strung out. Like, even Seattle. Do you remember last night the uh, – the, I don't know. No one's going to remember this, but they had a Cali look, and it stuck out in my mind because I, it came back to our conversation of why that people should go to the mic more instead of going outside. And the center had to get so far back and so deep, and he just couldn't do it. And it was raining, and it just wasn't going to happen. And the linebacker just came and teed off on Gino. And it just keeps coming back to this thing of, like, listen, if you don't practice these things and you're not actually in your mind during the game, like, listen, who's my biggest threat here? What's he good at? That's another thing. you got to know what everybody's good at. What's this D lineman good at? Well, he's good at bull rush. Well, what's he good at? He's good at a long arm. What's he good at? He's good at spinning. These are all things I have to know. Because when I set you, I can't be like, well, he's probably good at this. Like, I got to know what's your move? What's your counter move? What's your counter off your counter? Because these things show up. And now more than ever, refs love to throw flags. I mean, they're just all over the field. Yes. So you've got to know these things. And they don't. It's sad. Yes. Um, Come on. Football. Yeah. How much to, during the course of your career, and especially to today, Alex, how much did the progression athletically of the three tech change things too because i feel like i grew up i feel like i grew up and the tackles were big fat run stopping guys jerry Jerry balls um ted washington and i I love those guys i mean you didn't you know you ran into them and then that was it but it feels like now it's it's um thinner still big but very athletic guys who have great moves How, how much has that changed the interior offensive line play because of that on opposing teams oh it's been huge and you think now that like we're there may have been like five or six guys in the league that could line up a D tackle and stop the run and rush the passer. Now every team has at least two. Right. And I think that's the big conception of it was there every once in a while, you'd see a guy coming in the league and be like, oh, that guy's special. But now guys are starting to realize like, listen, if I stop the run, I'm only in on base. If I can do both, I'm in on nickel and base. And I'd rather be a large portion of this defense. The guys got it in their mind. Like, Hey, listen, we're going to have to be great at this. We're going to have to be able to get in there, be thinner, leaner, faster, stronger, and honestly, it's not hard nowadays because you look at a lot of these offensive line and they're just sloppy. And they're like, dude, at some point you have to take your job serious. And at some point you have to realize that these guys are growing at a rapid, rapid rate. And they're understanding things faster and they're understanding how to stop these deuce blocks, these ace blocks, these B blocks. Like they get how the physics of it works. Two guys pushing. Well, if I get low enough, they'll just push me to the ground. The linebacker still stays safe. He makes the play. Like, it's just a constant evolution of these guys. And now it's gotten to the point to where there's some of these guys, and I say Chris Jones, but like Chris Jones went and played defensive end for some of this year. And he was a, he's a true D tackle. But he was out there playing defensive end. And you're like, we don't see that a lot. Like, that's just not common. But that's what these guys have evolved to. Mm-hmm. I was I was talking um, 
actually, we were talking to uh, Patrick Royce about this earlier on Mackie and Judd. It's amazing the way the way the I mean the game has evolved a lot, like in different areas the last forty or fifty years. But Tom Brady is forty four. He looks like he's twenty seven, by the way, because he yeah. just like spends ten hours a day in a hyperbaric chamber and <laughs> eats kale and avocados for every meal. But but he he's forty four. He's probably the best quarterback in the league this year. Like his numbers are ridiculous. He's probably going to break the touchdown record again. And I wonder what some of these guys like. You know, I brought up on uh, with Royce, Steve Young was on Monday Night Football last night. And by the end of that guy's career, I mean, he didn't know which way his sideline was because his brains were so scrambled. Like, oh, yeah. And that's late 90s, right? Uh, Troy Aikman, concussions basically knocked him out of the league in like his mid-30s. And I wonder what some of those guys think. And God forbid the guys who go way back who are just like, you know, they'd throw the ball and the refs would let a defensive end like Deacon Jones take five steps and murder them from behind with no flag, right? Yeah. You know, if if you're a player from that era and you're watching that, like which which quarterbacks do you think from like previous eras, if you let them play now into their mid forties, like would still be amazing? Like would John Elway just be lighting it up? Or I think, is Tom Brady a unique guy? No, I think I think a lot of those I mean, you gotta remember too, like like we said earlier in the show, the league has made quarterbacks so untouchable. I mean, completely untouchable. And you can't even grab them and pull them to the ground. Like, you literally can't land on them. And so you look at some of these guys with the, these hits. They just like, I think about a guy that I would have loved to see play into his 50s would have been like Dan Marino. And just the yeah. way he could sling that ball. And the hits that he took and all those things. Like, I know a lot of those guys used to come back. And especially a lot of the old linemen would come back. And they'd be like, man, the things that you guys have now, the fact that you're not so much more grateful. And two, like, We'd go to the NFLPA meeting, and every year we'd have to go over, like, what the guys fought to ha- for us to have every year. And you'd talk about, like, back in the 70s, they made guys take their jerseys home and wash them. They made you do your own stuff. <laughs> like, you were like, wait, what? They are like, yeah. And you guys really complain about all this money. Like, you're like, maybe we don't have it so bad, guys. But, like, you realize how the game has changed to save the quarterback because they are the entire, like you said, they're the most important person in any sports because they control so much, and it's such a big industry. But you look at these guys back in the day that they were just getting murdered. And I used to talk to Steve, and he'd be like, man, it's no joke. Like He'd be like, there were guys out there. And you think about some of the, like, Reggie White. Could you imagine Reggie White trying to chase you down? Yeah. You'd be like, bro, I'm just going to go down. I'm like like, gonna... like Lawrence Taylor was out there just, like, breaking legs and stuff. Oh, yeah. And the, the, blind, the blind side hits, though, that, that oh. we used to see were the oh, worst. Were hellacious. I mean, I remember watching Javon Curse play. Remember him? Oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. Freak? the freak. The freak. Yeah. Oh, my. And he would just lay people. Michael Strahan would hit dudes. Like, they enjoyed. But they got to revel in that. And they got to be these other guys that they didn't have to be off the field because they could be tenacious and crazy and be like, the refs loved it. But now it's like, if you even yell at a quarterback, you're getting so taunting on the defense. He was yelling at the quarterback. The quarterback started crying. Like, it's like, dude, <laughs> no, it's so you true. can't make football this lame all the time. Like, some, somebody's quarterback's going to have to get shellacked eventually, or these guys are going to go nuts. So, so in, in the Cardinals game Sunday, Kyler Murray took an old-school hit. The, the guard I loved it. or center absolutely missed. And Kyler Murray took a dead-on, like, just pushed him back and pancaked his ass. And, of course, a flag flew. Yeah. Uh, in 1994, that would have been on jacked him up. There would have been no flag. And yeah. we all would have celebrated, did you see Kyler Murray? And he got up from He that. got jacked up. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different I mean, world. 
I mean, all right, and I know this is this is crazy, but think about like in two thousand and nine, right? We we always talked about Brett Favre took and taking those hits and and what what happened that year. Like, I think about some of those hits, and I'm like, dude, those guys would have been ejected. Yes. Like the the way that this oh, yeah. league is gone, and I don't, and I can't say that I blame them, but at some point, you're hurting so many teams, like because all these plays and a lot of them, like I think about the one against, remember Clay Matthews had against Kirk Cousins oh, against the God. Packers. And all of a sudden it extends the drive. They go on, win the game. Like there's so many times that that keeps happening. And you're like, dude, at some point you have to let the refs stay out of the game. These guys have to earn their paycheck. Do I think you should be able to grab a dude by the helmet and throw him to the ground? No, that's just barbaric. And you know what? If you want to do that to somebody, then you got to let me do that to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a fair, justice system. But at some point, these dudes getting hit and crying so much has to stop because it is making football not fun to watch that. And the uh, the PIs that you see week in and week out, like, dude, it is just 50 yards. Like, you're looking at the stat sheet, and you're like, how did this team win so – you look, you're like 200 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. You're like, maybe the defense did it. No, it's all these PIs that aren't counting, and you're getting 50 yards every time because some random DB can't block or can't keep up with DeAndre Hopkins. And you're like, well – at some point, these guys have to keep fighting for the ball. Or you got to make it more competitive because at some point, it's just going to become so watered down that nobody's going to want to play. Yeah. You know, it's not watered down. It's Ooh. really furious. You're welcome. Yeah. Very nice, Booney. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> the best IPA, well, they, they say in the, in the state. I say, uh, 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 I say uh, in the country. In the world, dude. In the in world. The surly world. furious. And you know what? You got a game on Sunday night, Cowboys, mm. Vikings. Perhaps you're go- going to be on your couch. A Surly Furious is perfect. But also, the nice thing, Surly Furious, available throughout the stadium as well. So if you're going to be at the game, you can be sipping on a Surly. Yeah. And hopefully you don't get Surly as you watch Dak Prescott and the Cowboys take on your Vikings. Yeah, Dak might need a couple Surleys after that. Daniil Hunter. Ford, okay. The look on Boone's face. Right. I, I think he's concerned. Right. I think he's concerned about Dak. Actually, Dak might need some insurance to stay away from uh, Daniil Hunter, and I'd recommend Federated because Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota. They've been around since 1904, and uh, I've met a lot of the great people over there. there are a lot of Minnesota sports fans, a lot of fellow masochistic Minnesota sports fans there. Uh, they specialize in risk management, protecting your bottom line, protecting your employees. Check out the resources and the people and all the industries that they protect at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, before we go, what else is on Alex Boone's mind here on Purple Daily? I mean, there's so much on my mind right now. I mean, Guys, I don't even know where to start. I'm just excited for another week of football. All these things, all these games are going up and down. I'm thinking about the game last night. Did you guys watch that game, by the way? What's going on with the storm off the coast? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's very drizzly. The well, and San Francisco had it too, right, Sunday. Hey, let's talk about that because how are you going to be considered this run-first team and you get the perfect game to be like, listen, guys, we only have to hand the ball off the entire game. This is going to be us. And you end up losing the game. Like, how does that happen? Kyle Shanahan, I feel like like three years ago, Kyle Shanahan was like the coach, right? That you got to yes. find a Kyle Shanahan, and now it's like I mean I know that he doesn't have you know Jimmy Garoppolo has limitations, but like I feel like the shine is kind of wearing off there in yeah, San Francisco. It's not, it's not working anymore. And you know what else too? Like this league is so up and down with these games. I was just thinking earlier today about that Titans Bills game. Like I'm like the Bills go all year, and we're like, damn, Bills look good. Then they go out against the Titans, and you're like, what? Okay, all right, well, that happens. And then you talk about, like, Kansas City, and you're like, wait. Yes. 
what the hell is going on that I don't mm. know about? Like, do, you, do they not know they have to put a defense on the field? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm t- dude, I'm not kidding you. My fourth grade team could play better defense than their dude. I was like, Jesus, God, it's bad, man. It's, it's bad. bad ball. And that's why, to me, it's like you look around and I see all these really good teams that are in this middle state. They're not at the top of their conference. They're in the middle. And you're like, dude, there's a lot of bad ball to be played. If you guys could just slow down on the penalties and maybe air it out a little bit more, you could really put yourself in the upper echelon of the league. And then there are no more questions. And then there is no more like what's going to happen. The team's not thinking in the back of their mind. Are we handcuffed? Are we not handcuffed? Like, dude, this stuff rolls through my brain all day. It's sad. I know. I'm a loser. No, it's not. It's great. What yeah. are you talking no, it's about? Terrible. Yeah. No, it's I good. love it. I mean, it's at some point, I got to be a dad, and I'm like, no. <laughs> you know what? There's yeah. lots of there's lots of dads, dude. There's not people that embrace football. Like I agree. There's plenty of dads, and there's there's other day like Thursdays football day. Sorry, kids. Uh, Sorry. Saturdays college. Oh, there's kids. Tuesdays. There's You're no football dad. on Tuesdays. I'm here with you guys. That's I'm, right. I'm, I'm like <laughs> rushing off the ice at, at my skating, and yeah. I'm like, guys, we gotta go. I'm like, I got a lot on my mind. Declan's got. Declan's got. Takes on the yeah. O line's holding yeah. problem. By the way, Let's go. Declan, you, I was yeah. expecting way more. I was what? expecting somebody else to get fired. Who else needs to get fired? Oh, I brought and, You know what, Declan? On, if you had to throw dude, out one name, Andy Reid, Dex. Dude, every in fact, every coach. week. Let's every week. Declan's gonna have every week. Tell us who needs to be fired Head in football right or now. sports. Who now? Yeah, uh, Matt Nagy needs to be fired. I mean, oh, that was an easy one. one. That's that was an easy one. Ass. Dude, get rid of his ass um, for yeah, sure. That, yeah, fire Justin, his ass. Justin Fields looks so dejected. Like, I know they're oh, getting their butts God. kicked, but, I mean, he God. just looked like he, hey. like a sad, sad little puppy dog. By the way, what is up with your boy from Chicago? Who is the uh, center that came out that said that he wants to punch Aaron Rodgers in the face? Who oh, was really? That, that um, happened? Yeah, because he said like I an owe active you. player? No, no, it wasn't the active player. It was the old school one. It was Olin Krutz. Uh, Olin Krutz. Olin Krutz. Oh, he, Olin Krutz is great. I love Olin, Olin Krutz. He is. He's great so football good. name. I kind of want to see is. that happen. I kind of want to see Olin Krutz. punch Aaron Rodgers in the face. Don't He'd you? Do it. He'd do would it. You, would you pay money to see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd pay oh, a lot of money for someone to punch Aaron Rodgers. I love Olin Krutz. I was yeah. his biggest fan when he used to play. He would, that guy tried to kill people. Oh, my God. I loved him. Dude, I, so he's on the, uh, the NBC Sports Chicago does a post game show. Yeah, and uh, he pretty came pretty close. Came pretty close to calling for Matt Nagy to be fired too. I feel, I don't know. I feel like those guys, you know, they they stopped short, but not on this show. They're afraid not on this show. They're they're so afraid to be politically right. What they don't understand is like we have so much knowledge that people don't understand. So when we look at a team like that, and you're like, dude, what the hell are you guys even? Is that even an offense? Right. Dude, there was God. there was a play, and and this all came out like in the post game, you know, press conferences and stuff. So it was all very public. So apparently, and I've never worn a quarterback's helmet, but like the sound, the 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 speaker cuts out at 15 seconds on the play clock. Is that sound yeah. right? Yeah, it okay. does. So with 22 seconds left, apparently someone was in Justin Fields' ear on one of the plays, saying, "Hey, snap it, snap it, snap it! They got they got 12 guy, they got a 12th guy running off. Snap it, snap it, snap it!" So Justin Fields snaps the ball, like hurries up, snaps the ball. Well, the 12th guy gets off the field on time, but Justin Fields thinks it's a free play. So he rolls out to the right and just throws the ball up for grabs. He gets picked off, and he looks yeah. like an idiot. You know, like it's a rookie quarterback. Just stop. Don't do that. Stop right. talking in his ear. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's my biggest pet peeve, too, is how much they're putting on these rookies this year to be, like, stellar. When you're like, hey, like, I know why they didn't start Justin Fields to start the season. They don't have an offensive line to protect him. The run game might not have been there enough for him to 
do what he needs to do. And you're basically like, listen, we can let Justin chill. We can let Andy go out there and take all these hits and lumps. And maybe Justin will see, hey, I don't want to be out there, right? Like, I like this sideline thing. I can learn over here. But instead, you know, Andy, of course, oh, I broke a nail, you know, and then all of a sudden he's out. <laughs> can we talk about how Taylor Decker's on IR for a finger? Oh, oh. finger, bro. I bet mm. Dan Campbell wants to eat his soul right now. Like, dude, how <laughs> dare you sit out for a finger? You don't even need a finger. But Dan no, Campbell's going to amputate his hand just to prove a point at practice. Wrap the whole thing up. He, he's the kind of guy that would come out with a knife and be like, listen, yeah. it's taking a blood <laughs> You'd be like, okay, I'm out. I, that's, I'll do that next week, Booney, for, for my take. I'll just, I'll just I'll put, a, I'll put yeah. a big slice just down my hand, and I'll let you oh, go. Amazing. Ronnie Lott cut the tip of his finger off to Oof. keep playing. Dude, yeah. I, that's why these guys are just – It's but that's why when you look at the Chicago, and I agree, like, and people are always like, oh, well, there's so many things they can't do. There's so many things you can do. You just have to be willing to go out there and make the mistake and be like, hey, man, we're trying everything. Instead of being like, well, we're stuck in this vanilla offense of this is how he played <laughs> right. in college. Like, dude, oh, my God, shoot me. I can't watch this anymore. Your defense is probably really – dude, I'm looking at this game like I don't think the I don't think the Bucks got the ball across the 50 the other way. Like they took possession on their own side of the field the entire game. I was like, my God. What is going on with these guys? It's just bad. Yeah. Next week, Declan calls for someone else's ass to be fired right. every week. Right. Dude, I love That's, this, man. That's Alex great. Boone, 10-year NFL vet, football-loving friend, Mackie, Judd, Declan. That's purple. Tomorrow, write that down, predictions. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. On Purple Daily. And I got and firings. Mackie and Judd. Write that down. I got firings for tomorrow. Yeah, let's hey, by the way. their ass. Sunday, are you guys doing vent line? Yeah, we'll do vent line. Are we tonight. doing vent line? Oh, wait, of course we're doing that. On does, Halloween? Does Dan, Sunday night? You're joining does, us. Does Dan Campbell eat five steaks for lunch every day? Yes. Dude, um, so, you know, every Halloween I do a big thing in my call sec, but I told everybody I got to dip out for a little bit because I got to go do vent line. So nice. some of my neighbors might be calling. Don't be surprised. They might be a little Dude, smashed. Bring it in. Love it. Can't wait. <laughs> Love excited. it. That's up to Declan to yeah, I'll, I'll navigate that one. Don't worry about it. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us on Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. See you guys tomorrow.